You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Well, welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I am actually very excited because I have one of my favorite comedians, Mr. Steve Simone. How are you, dude? King of the Black Palace and an amazing <laughs> comedian, Steve Simone. Uh, Steve, I'm so happy to be able to speak to you, man. Dude, I'm so, we've been, tr- what, two weeks now trying to set this up and you're waiting for me and then I'm like, should I reach out? And then I, I'm just grateful that we're doing this right now. It's, it's phone tag, man. It's that CISO's time zones. I'm like, hey, look, it's okay. We all just need to go by the same time zone. If it's like nighttime there, let's just say it's 10 a.m. Come on now. <laughs> McDonald's would still be serving breakfast. That's all I can say. The bat, dude. McDonald's breakfast, the extra hash brown. That's the way to do it. I had to look up uh, the signs for a stroke because I swear I was just driving and I would randomly smell a McDonald's biscuit. And I'm like, <laughs> I know burnt toast is a symptom for sure. <laughs> dude, it's so funny you say that. My buddy, uh, Lee Syatt, is hilarious. He produces. He helps me with my Good Times podcast, and he produces the Church of What's Happening Now for Joey Diaz, and he's awesome, right? Lee's awesome, and we're trying to – do you know who he is? I watched uh, – there's a video of uh, Joey Diaz dosing Lee, and I swear to God I've experienced that so well every time I've ever been dosed with anything. And let me tell you something. The way you just see him, like, trying to stay into it, and then he just drops the headphones and just like, nope, <laughs> I'm out. Yesterday I meet – I'm going to – I was – gonna meet lee for like a social distance walk and he's getting out of his car and he's putting his mask on and he goes am i having a stroke or do you smoke clam chowder too (laughs) and i just i was like that's the most random sentence for somebody to hit you with i always just thought when i'm walking around if i smell something like i I work near a kitchen um i work at a casino and uh they have the casinos in maryland now yeah, they have uh, one called Ocean Downs. Me and Brant Tobler were talking about it because he's like, I hate security guards. And I'm sitting there listening to a podcast with him saying that in my security guard outfit. And I'm like, look, I hate myself too, man. You know what I mean? And it's, it's funny. Dude, it's your job to be the cool one. Yeah, and it's funny because like the way um, I was I – work, when I work out, it's like at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I, I heard your whole thing talking about the Denzel Washington story, which was the funniest thing. But yeah. when I'm, I'm listening to you talk and um, saying that you had to work out in the morning because it's like winners start their day off at the gym. I'm like, yeah, it's 2 a.m. I'm starting my day right now. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then you explain meeting Denzel Washington and having this interaction with him. And yeah. as I swear, I'm like, man, you know how you try – and take your life and put it into somebody else's i was yeah. like i wish that would happen to me the next thing you know i hear the gym alarm go off and immediately i think channing tatum channing tatum <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome but like what i really enjoy like I, I it's it's crazy because for hearing you so long um just from the crab feast and then hearing you on the honeydew i never knew what you looked like so i'm like I've been listening to this guy forever. I need to, I need to find him. I need to find him. So I came across your Instagram page and I was like, that's not Steve Simone. That's not the one. That, <laughs> there's no way. Cause in my head, you sound like somebody, maybe like Joe Coy, but you're nothing. You don't look anything like Joe Coy. You're a lot bigger guy. You just sound a little bit smaller to me. I, I don't take any offense to that, but I was no, like, no, that's great. Dude, oh, I got to Joe Coy is one of my heroes, dude. I got to do his podcast right before we got locked down about, two months wow i guess it was about two months ago 
And uh, like we've had mutual friends and I would see him in passing and stuff, but it wasn't until we did a podcast that we really had time to just talk. That dude is awesome. He's such a good guy, but like I respect his hustle so much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody gave that dude anything. Like he's been grinding for 25 years to get what he's got. You know? I'm, I mean, not to, you know, you know, you know, inflate your ego at all, but I mean, you're, probably one of the hardest working people too man just hearing the amount of time that you've spent and the amount of like anybody would have gave up i mean at any yeah. point especially hearing that i was like you're at, at some point i was rooting for you when you were telling you all the Thank stories you. at the store and trying to go up there and you know trying to yeah. be able to do this and it you know you, you started off saying you had a little a couple of them you know you would drop some f-bombs in the beginning but yeah the, for sure the way you switched up your comedy to be like a lot of the family stuff, which is like entertainable, like you talked about, like you want to be able to listen to your jokes in a car with somebody. And I feel like exactly a lot of what I really enjoy about comedy nowadays is the relatable factors. Um, yeah. You have a lot of good times with your family. And I remember, and this hit close to home with me too. And anybody that has ever experienced anything with ice cream, you said that um, green mint chocolate chip ice cream, whenever you have that in your freezer, makes you feel like a rich man. Yeah, it's the truth. Because when I was a kid, like, you couldn't just find mint chocolate chip ice cream, the green kind. Like, the joke I put on my CD was before Ben met Jerry, ice cream wasn't that sophisticated. Like, before you were born, dude, like it was just like vanilla, chocolate, strawberry. Sometimes my grandmother would get this like half gallon of ice cream where there'd be a line of chocolate, a line of vanilla and a line of strawberry. And the first one we would eat would be the chocolate. Then we'd go to the vanilla. And then when it was time for strawberry, we we're like, you got to buy some more ice cream. Because <laughs> I didn't like that as a kid. Yeah. But then I remember having green mint chocolate chip. Like that was the first fancy flavor. And dude, now that I can buy that, I was, I mean, I think one of the best things that ever happened to me is all the struggles I went through. Because I have friends that have so much, but they're not happy. And I'm just happy with the littlest things at this point, you know? I think that's important. If you want to hold money or if you want to hold wealth or what everyone always considers like, oh, you just need money. That's all I want is money, money, money. I look at my memories. Doesn't work. I look at my memories as money. Um. Yes, that's a perfect dude. At 22 years old, to have that perspective is uh, divinely inspired. That's incredible. Well, it's weird but because it's like so true. I'll be walking around and I'll just randomly think of like moments from my past. Like, I mean, my parents both worked two jobs. Uh, my dad, yeah. like, you know, he was on the radio during the day, DJ at night. And I remember wow. with the ice cream thing, mine was fish food ice cream from Ben and Jerry's. Back, Yeah, I understand back in the day there were the, the chocolate, the yeah. vanilla, and then you got like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the rainbow flavor. What but, flavor is fish food? Is uh, it dude, from the band fish? Bro, bro. Fish food is chocolate fudge fish and chocolate ice cream with gooey marshmallow, caramel, and fudge. Oh. I. I mean, I understand where I might have been close to being diagnosed with diabetes as a kid. I was, <laughs> I was a hefty child. I'd kill a whole pine in that one sitting. But like, the way, the way I see it now, like I'll get a craving for it. But like, my dad would come home. He'd only sleep three hours, then he'd go right back out to work. But he'd grab a pint of fish wow. food ice cream, hand it to me, and then he'd be like, "Here, come watch a movie with me." He would lay oh, down awesome. to take a nap. And he would just, I would sit there, eat the ice cream, like watching a movie, look over at him. He's just sitting there. But whenever I would say something, 
he would be listening, but he'd just try and rest his eyes. He just wanted to be in the same presence as me. And yeah. that, I mean, you know, as a kid, you don't notice any of this stuff. You just yeah. you think like you, you always talk about like, can I get this from the store? Can I get this from the store? Right. That's so relatable. You don't understand it. Like I look back on those moments. I'm like, damn, you guys were barely keeping it afloat. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. important, especially in times like these, you see, um, you know, kids uh younger and younger and younger that are just being addicted to the technology the devices the parents trying yeah. so hard to connect and you had one of the things that really hit upon in a i guess close to me which was that people brag in public and cry in private yeah that is so true because we live yeah. in this world that is just modeled to let me see what they have i gotta have that gotta get this gotta have that i'm like are we breathing? Yeah. Are, why yeah. are you worrying about what's going to happen t 20 minutes from now, 30 minutes from now? Correct. Let's be in the moment. Amen. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't know. I think this whole Corona COVID stuff is really a blessing. I do. I think it, I think it's sort of checking people a little bit. Um, I see it super as temporary because, um, I mean, I had a near-death experience. I got hit by a jet ski the summer of my senior year. So oh, my God. For two weeks afterwards, I was like, everything is beautiful. Life is amazing. This Is, is this table made of mahogany? And then yes. it's the same thing that's happening now. But after that two weeks, it went over with. And, like, people are starting to realize, like, oh, I'm missing a haircut. I mean, like, you want to talk about funny moments. I mean, I was watching Napoleon Dynamite the other day, and it was the part where uh -huh. Pedro starts shaving his head. Uh -huh. Well, my buddies, I got double dare you to be able to do that. So I, I went and I shaved my head. And I swear to you, the first time I went through like this, I stopped and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, you can't take it back now. So I'm sitting on the couch and he goes, dude, shave the rest of it off. I'm like, nah, man. He goes, dude, you're in too deep. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to keep going. I think that there's a lot of lessons in that. I mean, but they create tales, moments. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't even know. Like, I hope that people just realize, get that perspective you've, you've got going on, where it's like, it's not, it's not about the money, and it's not about what you're buying. It's about who you're with. And it's just a better life. And like, Dude, I go for walks. It's the only time I really leave my apartment out here in LA is I go for walks. And I see families hanging out together. And I see kids building ramps. And I see a better life, honestly. People are cooking at home. They're spending more time together. And you, like, even me, I'm out here in LA. And I'm, I feel like God called me to do comedy. And that, that's what he wanted me to do. But I'm praying on everything. Because I'm like, well, I could just move back to Philly and hang out with my family. You know, like... I don't need to have money or people's attention. Like, I just want to be around my family and friends and celebrate the little things in life. Because that's all there really is, you yeah. know? Like, that, that's what it really is. It's, like you said, it's ice cream and hanging out with your dad watching a movie. Like, and it's that's difficult. the best stuff in life. Like, when I hear you talk about everything, like, all these moments, especially, like, when you're talking about, like, how it felt when Mitzi scratched your name off the... Oh, you know, yeah. That was... It's, it's it's just hearing it was like oh like you could feel the cringe in those those moments though but you 
you stuck it out, man. I mean, you went out and you're, you're still pursuing the dream too, man. I mean, yeah. to me, you're one of my favorite comedians. I mean, I, I really want to get a little bit of, of information on the, the Jabba story, man. Like I know you probably uh -huh. say it all the time, but I had a moment like that too. It's like, uh, you know, you talk about your dad couldn't get the belt off his pants and you're like, okay, yep. Jabba. And then you figured it out, but you guys are all laughing. I never yep. will ever forget that I scratched the side of my dad's car when I was really little and I ran upstairs <laughs> and me and my brother locked the door. And so we're upstairs. You just hear him going up the stairs, freaking out. He probably had a long day. So he's yep. banging on the door, open this up. And we're like, nope, nope. We're, we're in the corner. Like, I'm not doing it. And all you see is he kicks the door. The door breaks open and kind of comes over. And I'm little. Oh. I'm like, <gasps> and all, like oh, as, no. as soon as he came in, you just, I matched eyes with him. And then I just farted. I swear it was involuntary, <laughs> but it broke everything in the room. He just starts laughing and he apologizes. But it was like, it was that moment, like a to fart. To me, that's God. Yeah. That fart is proof that God is real. I, because I, a well-timed fart probably saved your life and your little brother's life. So, look, that's some, awesome. Some say God, but I thank my mom's tacos she made the night before. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, those, oh, that's awesome. It's, it's those moments too. Like, what is something that really sticks out in your head? Like, if you're whether it's a certain food. Um, a certain movie uh, that kind of like you always think back upon like a, a fond memory. Oh man. I, I, all right. This is the most honest answer. At some point in my life, I was like, I'd gotten really miserable, which I think is easy to do. And uh, there wasn't really much of anything that made me happy. And then slowly over time, I started to learn how to rewire my brain and look for the good stuff instead of looking at the bad stuff. So to answer your question, there are so many movies. Like there's just so, so many things bring me joy at this point because I, I really learned how to change my perspective. Um, and it took time. It's kind of like getting in the physical shape. You're not gonna go to the gym once and be shredded you know it takes time and you might put in all the work in the world and uh it still might not you might not it might be forever to start seeing results and i had to sort of do that emotionally but now i feel like i'm an emotional athlete like i i can see the good in just about any situation and uh when i think of movies like all right like there was a movie called Smokey and the bandit I was probably like five years old when my parents took us to go see that. And there was a line in that movie where Jackie Gleason, who was a comedic icon, one of the funniest guys to ever walk the earth. And it's one of his best roles ever. And he looks at his son and he says, uh, you're dumber than a turtle's pecker. And I was five and I was, I just, I was aware enough to completely get the reference on why that was funny. I knew what a turtle was. I knew what a pecker was. And for him to say that to his son, it bucked. I laughed so hard in the movie theater that everybody in the movie theater laughed at my laugh because they're like, here's a little kid that gets a dick joke. And it killed me. And then there were movies, like that's a specific instance. I remember seeing there's something about Mary in the movie theater and falling out of my seat laughing so hard, for real. Like I was honestly rolling in the aisles. 
Then there are movies like Rocky that I go back and watch and they just inspire me every time I see it. And I remember how old I was the first time I saw it. And I, and I look at it and see how it applies to my life now. Like there are just so many amazing things in the world. Um, you're an Eastern Shore guy. One of my favorite foods. And I was talking to my family recently and I go, we have to do that this summer. We would get Maryland blue crabs every summer. We'd get a bushel. That's a legit and my crab gra- feast. Oh, bro. But, but then my Italian grandmother would put it in pasta sauce. She'd put it in what we could, she would make crab gravy mm. and it was red sauce. It was spaghetti and crabs. And that was like the best thing I've ever eaten. And I still remember what my grandmother's kitchen smelled like. It's weird how smell is like a time machine. Like you'll get a whiff of something and you go, and instantly you're back. You'll some, they'll bring you to tears sometimes, man. I, I walked uh-huh. into a grocery store and someone was smoking camel cigarettes, like the long yeah. green ones. And it reminded yep. me so much of my grandma that I just like, I couldn't even walk in, dude. I, I had to back away and I was like about to tear up. And, you know, especially with the crab feast, a lot of people don't know what that experience is. Me and my dad went um, probably when I was like 13, 14 years old to this place called the Bonfire in Ocean City. It's basically unlimited crab legs, Alaskan King crab legs. Well, me and him nice. don't get full on crabs. So we sat there for three and a half hours. I swear to you, we were there oh with my, my mother and my brother. Um, they left after like 30 minutes. They're like, <laughs> we're going to come back and get you. They went and saw, um, I think this is the time lady in the water was in theaters. So they saw that movie and, uh, they came back and they were like, all right, guys, it's been three hours. Let's go. Me and my dad are sitting there like, I guess we gotta go. And like, they always know if you just want us to do that, you want to feed us, just take us to like a buffet. Let us get endless crab legs. Cause we'll just tear them up. Nothing better. Well, it's, there's it's no the greatest. Better there's no better feeling than staring at like, you know, like a family member, like someone that you care about and just look at and be like, we demolishing, we demolishing these crabs. Yeah. We are. Yeah. One of the best things in life is loving something like crabs or a song or a movie and knowing the person you love is loving it just as much as you are. It makes it better. Like you have to like, in order for something to really be a celebration to be great, you have to share it. Like my theory on life is it's not a blessing until you share it with somebody. Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like if I go to a restaurant by myself and I've always can eat crab legs, yeah, that'd be all right. But if I'm there with somebody I love and we're doing it together, oh, come on, bro. Well, it's Compton and Long Beach together. Now, you know, you're in trouble. That's yeah. good, <laughs> it's, it's, it's those good times. Like the one thing I try to do with this podcast, I mean, I have conversations with people who I, I've never even met. I just say hi to like, let's do a podcast. So I'm learning so That's much. Awesome. I mean, from the start where I was talking about like good places to take a dump, because I worked at a hotel and my buddy worked HVAC. So we both have crap stories. Me, I made it a challenge for the three years I worked there was to go on every single room on every single floor and hit everyone it took a while so you're downstairs in the lobby you would have to sit there ride the elevator all the way up to whatever floor you're on next i'm like all right 1006 is the one i gotta go to and then i would head down there and um (laughs) 
but to hear all the conversations from people like, um, you know, we're listening to you talking about pizza is your favorite thing. I met Love a it. couple of, uh, they call them pizza Yolos. Shout out yeah. to, um, shout out to, uh, my buddy, uh, Mike out in, um, you know, his name's pizza in the sack on Instagram, but he, we were just in a podcast creating pizza ideas. I was like, imagine if someone made a Chick-fil-A pizza instead of using the pasta oh. sauce, they used the Chick-fil-A sauce, then added nuggets and a little bit of sliced pickles on top. He done, Getting he made creative. it. Next thing you know, like it's he loved it. His family loved it. He was selling it. Now he's delivering those to people during the pandemic. He's delivering like Chick-fil-A pizza, all this type of stuff, these crazy ideas. Dude, that's awesome. An idea you had is bringing joy to families you haven't even met. Like, cause you know, this is tough times for people, but if you could give them a little glimmer of hope, like there's probably a chubby eight-year-old that's like, dad, what if we got a Chick-fil-A pizza tonight? And then it's, you know, good times. It's the greatest. I, the one thing I really wanted to show was like, it doesn't take much to have a conversation. And I think I was no. trying to bring it back because I started noticing so much out into the world. That like, it really hit me when I was standing in line and a dude in front of me was complaining that this woman had 13 items in the 12 item or less and that she was taking too long. And he only had like three items, but he was just tapping his foot and doing the... <sighs> choosing like, to be miserable but she's taking out her bank card and then she drops it and she's elderly so she's shaking a little bit she goes down to pick it up and i'm just listening to the guy and at that point i get fed up and i look at the guy because I, I took psychology in school so i try and think of what's this person going through that he's got to be like this and exactly i'm sitting there and he's just like complaining like oh my god let's go and i'm just like dude knock it off, man. She's trying. He just gets, he gets physical. He starts yelling at me. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life. You don't need this though. Next thing he goes, all right, yeah. whatever walks out. I see on his car, he has a spare tire on there. I'm like, dude, I've been through the hard times. You've listening to you talk about like, um, you know, everything that you went through, the amazing things. Like, you know, when you're just talking about earlier about having those times that you're like, you just can't find joy out of anything. Yeah. I mean, at, I've been there at 22. I've, I'm still kind of experiencing that. I mean, to most people, they don't know I suffer from severe depression, but I mean, at one point uh, in November, I had four tires go out in a month, one month, no, in like three weeks, I spent a grand and a that. half. I literally at the point where I threw my keys against like the wall and like stuffed it like in a corner where I couldn't even touch them to the point where I was like, I'm not driving forever now. And dude, in the past week, let's see that the, because I drive an old stinky car, the door handle broke off. So I have to open up the passenger side door, put my key in the ignition, let the window down so I can get into my own car. And then my battery, I came out, my car was dead. And then I got a jump start. And then I drove it. And then it died again. So then I had to have them drive me a battery to put that in. And then I woke up yesterday to a nail on my tire and a flat. And I was like, okay. Yeah, as but soon as as soon as you said the nail thing, I was like, dude, I had that happen basically four times in a matter of a month, a grand and a half down. And at that point, I was like, what what did I do? Like, dude, the next time, just see if they can plug it. I got a guy for ten bucks. He put a and I buy used tires because my car's old and stinky. Worst case scenario, I'm out thirty five bucks. <laughs> That's how I'm rolling right now. I mean, because I'm saving it. up to get a new car. And it's I want to get a Bronco. 
Oh, dude, nice, man. Take that out on the beach, dude. I'm telling you. Those oh. are good bonfire moments. That's like the main oh. thing. Like I try and tell people like that's the conversation you want to have. That's the one where you say so many words and so many feelings get shared, but you don't remember exactly what's said. But that feeling and remember that bond. That feeling. Yeah, yeah that, that bond. I mean, my buddy, um, uh, he, um. We did this podcast on uh, my birthday's uh, New Year's Eve. So we were going to. That was my grandmother's birthday. My grand. December 31st. I think at like yeah. 1142 at night. And my dad was like, if your mom would have held it, you we would have got paid. Because the first baby of the new year gets a giant write-off tax check and everything. And That's I was like, hysterical. I was like, well, you know me. I don't come in on good times. And um, well, we we're totally doing- could do New Year's Eve, baby. That's. Your life's going to be a party, dude. No, it's terrible, man. Everybody parties for your birthday to end. Like you, you, you were born like, you know, 4th of July type stuff. So like people are celebrating for your birthday. Me, it's like everybody's waiting for that shit to be over so they can complain about the next day. (laughs) Oh, you know what I wanted to ask you? When I was a kid, there used to be a surf shop in Ocean City called BB Bombers. Is that place still around? I don't think so. I think it used to be what now is uh, it's a guitar place, guitar center or something. Oh, okay. It was incredible. It was one of the coolest places ever. Did you, um, did you spend a lot of time down here when you were a kid? A couple summers. Well, not a couple summers. We went down for a week, a, f- a few years. Like my pet, I love Ocean City. I love it. Like I remember when I was like 14, there used to be a skate park there. It was called the Ocean Bowl. It's still there. I remember skating that. I remember to go. I remember going to BB Bombers. I remember going. Uh, there was like a little dock out by the bay, and we were just walking by, and there was an old man crabbing. And he, w- w- this is how he went. This is how old school he was. He had spark plugs that he used for weights, and just tied a string, and a little piece of chicken. And he was like, "I'll show you guys how to do it," and he let us go crabbing with him. And we were just dropping the spark plugs down and we'd slowly pull up the line with a crab. He showed us how to grab them and throw them in a bucket. And we, we killed it. We got all these crabs for free. He showed us how to measure them to make sure that they were legal. And my mom made the spaghetti and crabs in a hotel room. It was the great, it's one of my favorite memories. It's, it's crazy. Cause um, like I've uh, paired up, like I was just talking to so, so many like people that come on here, like they own their own hot sauces. Like uh, this guy, Jeff Levine from, he's from Oregon. So cool. we're sitting there, I'm sitting there talking to him and he's like, what's, what's a crab piece? Like, what is that? And I'm like, Oh my God, you don't know the glorious the moments. Like I remember I used to camp all the time with my dad on weekends, you know, when he was, Oh, that's finally, great. And he'd get a day off. We'd pull out the camper and we, we went over to um his friend's house and uh, we were going to steam up crabs. So we had a bushel of live crabs in the back of the truck. We take mm-hmm. it over there and he sets the thing down. It has a hole in the, the, the thing it comes in. So like, there's a chance, like a lot of them will just start coming out. So we see the occasional one coming out we're looking for pliers to put them in, or we're looking for like tongs to put them in the, the thing to get them cooked up. Yeah. can't find any. So he's taking needle nose pliers and trying to grab the crabs. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's spilling it and he's screaming at me. I'm like 10 years old. He's like, get up on the picnic table. I jump on the picnic table. There's just crabs <laughs> walking around all over the ground. He's sitting there with needle nose pliers. And then he's like, screw this, tosses them, starts picking them up with his hands and throwing them in there. And like, I'm like what we do to just eat crabs? It's a lot of work, but worth it.
exactly. kind of like life. It's like, but it's like a treasure too. And then you get like the people that are like, I don't like picking them. Can you pick them for me? I'm like, that's the point. You're supposed to get the cut on the fingers with the old bay in there. You're supposed uh, to tear up. Just the smell of old bay makes me happy. That's a celebration smell. With your podcast too, Good Times, what exactly do you just try and do? You just uh -huh. try and have conversations with a lot of your friends and talk about a lot of the good moments. You life? know what, man? Okay, this is, yeah, this is what I wanted it to be. I remember I had a roommate out here who was a surfer dude, right? And he was just so cool. He was just dialed in the good vibes. He was one of those guys. And uh, he was just cooler than I was. Like some people, you know what I mean? Like I'm nice. So people go, oh, he's cool. That's the kind of cool I am. Like, oh, he's a good guy. He's cool. He's nice. But my buddy Jay was like cool. Like he knew everybody cool. He was a surfer. He was friends with celebrities. He married a rockette. He's just a cool dude, you know, but also really nice too. So he grew up in Jersey surfing those beaches and his best friend from childhood uh, grew up to be a Navy SEAL. So one time his buddy was in town and Jay knows I read all kinds of books on that stuff and love all that. Like I've done stand-up comedy for the military and I just fell in love with people that live their life of service, you know? Yeah. Cause it's the opposite of Hollywood in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people and comedy's cool, but entertainment in general, I think there's a lot of lost souls. Like people that think money or fame or whatever will make them happy. And they're, uh, pretty selfish by and large and i do see that changing 100 percent changing that's one of the beautiful things about what we're going through it's making people kinder uh, i see common courtesy coming back people saying good morning holding doors open checking in on people like i check in on some older friends and they're like i'm good my neighbor brought this by or i'm good my friend is it's 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 making people better but back to my point about the military, like those, those dudes live like that day in, day out. They're there for each other. So I always had like an admiration for anybody that puts on the uniform. So I'm living with my surfer buddy. This is what happens. His best friend comes over to hang out with him. I get to meet his best friend, who's like a legit G.I. Joe character. And we get to start, just start, start talking about growing up. Cause I love that stuff. Like these types of talks. I remember this good time. I remember that good time. And he had started to talk about who he was as a kid. And when he was 13 years old, he was riding his bike and clocked out what a marathon would be 21 point, 26.1 mile or something, 26.3 miles as a marathon. And as like a 13 year old kid, 14 year old kid, he figured out what a marathon was just how many blocks around his neighborhood. And he ran it just to prove to himself that he could do it. And I just started dying laughing because I was like, dude, when I was 13, I was buying whoopee cushions and fake dog poop. And I started to go, I wanted to see what sort of clues in our childhood could give us an indication of who we were today as adults. And then a lot of my comedy, like when I was going through those depressing years, I could find some joy looking back on the good times. And I would tell stories about being a kid, or crazy stuff me and my brothers did, or a crazy kid in my neighborhood. And then after I would do the stand-up show, 
people would come to me afterwards, people that were in the audience, and then they would tell me their stories and we would just sit around dying laughing. So I wanted to take both those concepts and make it into a podcast. That was my game plan. And there are a couple episodes like that. But my podcast has turned into a lot like this. Like I'll start talking with somebody and then we just let the conversation flow. And for whatever reason, uh, people want to get pretty deep with me, which is cool. Like I really thought you have that open, um, openness about you. It's a lot of like, you can tell you care about a lot of things, especially a, well, deep, a deep thing for people. I mean, not yeah. to sit here and, uh, obviously, you know, make you blush or anything, but like just from hearing you, uh, talk through a lot of podcasts, like you can tell somebody cares and someone that's just saying it for all talk. And I think this is what's really kind of scared me from, uh, the comedy industry a little bit, or just anything, because you start to notice a lot of people that are really, really fake. I always talk about like the world today. Uh, people have what I call a false personality, this autopilot response. Um, one of the things I kind of hold kind of close to me as a, a good thing about my personality is I, when I worked at this hotel, we would get these kids that would come in, um, foreign exchange students from Russia, Romania, all these places. And everyone would give them a nickname because their real name was too hard to pronounce. And I, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so we had a couple of people named like Christo would be Chris. I said, no, I'm going to say your name right. So correct me when I mispronounce it and, you know, do it that way. I would make them gather, um, like I would write down on a piece of paper all the way to number 10, be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way to 10. And I would write an English word. And I said, I want you to write your language translation so I can slowly on the whole process of you staying here over the summer, learn about you. Yeah. And I'll never forget, like always bugging them every day. Let me see that. Let me see that. And eventually I was speaking their language. I was calling them on the so radio cool. and they were understanding. And people are like telling me, can you tell them to tell this? I'm like, okay. And I'll never forget that one of them, um, there's two Chris's. They're both cousins. They're both Crystal. Um, one had really spiky hair. I mean, looked like uh -huh. the top of a pineapple. And <laughs> everybody would call him Spike. And he wouldn't say anything. And I was looking at him and I'm like, I bit of what you would call like an empath. I say I can kind of sense if someone's not really vibing it. And um, I looked at him. I was like, you don't like that name, do you? And he's like, they're calling me a pit's name. And I said, gotcha. So I went behind, um, you know, re reservations, guest services, all that. I went back there and I said, where it says Spike, as the people that are working today, cross that out. Put Christo, just just do that. Like he wants to be called that. Don't yeah. call him Spike anymore. I went and told everybody, don't call him Spike. Call him his this name. Call his real name. And he was like, thank you so much, and gave me a handshake and everything. And then I remember one of the managers came out and kept calling him Spike. And I said, hey man, he doesn't like that. And then like you could see, he wants to say something, but he's new like to the country, yeah. so he's just all nervous and kind of like not saying anything. And he's like, you don't care, right? You don't care if I call you Spike. And he's like. He's like, like you can see him trying to say no, but he's like, it, it, it's, it's okay. And then like, right. like, he didn't want the confrontation and he started walking he away. He his job. Yeah, exactly. He started walking away. I, I, I told the manager, I yelled at him. I was like, stop, look at him and ask him if he likes to be called that. And he looked at him and said it. And then he goes, it's a pet's name. And then the dude just got like stopped in his tracks. Like, Oh, like, it's like, just take the time to have that conversation. I mean, you had to be aware enough, like, cause that dude was probably not trying to be a dick or didn't know that his, he was just not thinking as deeply as you, you did. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people don't realize the impact the little things have positive or negative. It's, it's just hard to 
get out of this mindset. We have this mentality as people that's I call an adopted mentality because we used to care about each other back in the day. It used to be love yeah. your love your neighbor, all these types of things. And this yeah. technology, these devices were so miserable. Uh, either like if we have to do something for ourselves, maybe not me or you, or maybe not some people, but most of the time it's I need to step on the throat of this person to get somewhere. And doesn't if, work. It it sucks because a lot of people like they do it, but it doesn't. It's not the right way. I would say no it's Wall Street type thinking. And I I always tell people like if you ask me, hey, how how are you doing in a store? If you're still walking when you say that question, I will not respond to you because I it, right. you don't give a shit. And right. At another time at my work, I remember some guy was talking about one of the students and was like, man. This kid, he's so weird. He's just, he, 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 you know, he's drinking his coffee. He tells me, do I want to sip? And he hands it to me. And I'm like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, that's, that's a, that's a psychology type thing. So I sat down with him and I sat next to him. His name's Andrew. And I said, you know, he's drinking a coffee. And I look over, I'm like, how are you doing? And then he goes, good. And he offers me a sip of his coffee. And I said, I know why you do that. And he goes, why? And I go, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And he says, eight or nine. Um, I think it was nine. And I was like, wow. hey, you come from a small, like small home, I'm guessing, but you have a big family. And he goes, yes. I'm like, that's why you offer up your stuff because you learn to share with every little bit that you have is for everyone. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. You know, that's what my family has taught me to do. I'm like, it's so weird how people here see that as crazy or weird. I'm like somebody that actually cares to give you a sip of something they have. Yeah. It's, I mean, I gotta be. I'm gonna be honest with you right now. The, this conversation has made me feel so much better about the future of this country, knowing that there's people like you that are gonna be that next generation. Um, and I, I think, like human nature, is that we do want to be happy, right? Um, it's just human nature to try to get more joy and pleasure and good times, as opposed to negativity and struggle. So I think our society has been lost for a long time. Not bad, not evil, but lost. And we've put value on things that we thought would make us happy that aren't making us happy. So my prayer is that we'll get back to sharing and kindness and compassion. And I think it's going to be people like you and your generation that are going to do it. It's, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, that's, it's no benefits of my own. I mean, this, this podcast, just from talking to so many people, like I've got the, I mean, I send out multiple responses a day. I post a new episode every single day as a new conversation with someone I'm sitting down with. So, I mean, waking up at two o'clock in the morning, I told you I'm an insomniac. So I'm talking to some mm -hmm. person in Australia and we're just, it's you the know, coolest, right? But when I'm reaching out to people, two things thirds of the people I reach out to either don't answer back or they give me a response like, what do you want from me? What do you, what, what do you, what do you come in? Like, they feel like it's an attack and I'm trying to yeah. eliminate that. Somebody said to me, uh, one of the best compliments, Jeff Levine, he goes, the coolest thing about your podcast is you have famous people and then you don't, you have normal people. He goes, I've been yeah. on the same podcast as those people. I'm like, because we're all human. There's an exactly. initial thing to care about all of us. Let's just put down, um, oh, let's do this. Or, you know, I got to do this. I can't, I don't have time for you. Or putting your problems out on somebody else. Because 
let's just have a chat. You want to talk about aliens? Let's go. I don't care. Yeah. Let's do it. If so, I like, so what you're saying, it's all about connecting. Yeah, I love it when yeah. I see like when I see somebody really their face light up in a conversation, and I'm like. I don't care about the government, but if you love this conversation, you want it to go that way, I'm here to listen, dude. Let's take a ride, man. Yeah, I learned how to really do that when I was working at this boxing gym in Hollywood, Graveyard Shift. So it would be like, I'd work from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And there were people that would come in and probably just because they were lonely and they knew I'd be sitting in there. And they, I would be sitting behind the desk and they would stand there and just talk for hours with me. And it was just like, I don't know, it was cool because I was just, I just wanted to be there for them. We'd go with the flow and talk about whatever they'd want to talk about. It was cool. And it's funny after talking, I mean, going on 400 something episodes. It's uh, incredible. People, you start to realize we're all thinking the same exact thing. Like people yeah. aren't talking anymore technology has kind of ruined us a little bit um just uh -huh. because of the fact is we're using it in the wrong way mostly just correct yeah it's just scrolling. a tool yeah it's a tool and it's like look at you you're using technology to make friends all over the world you're looking at you're using technology to put positive vibes out there and i think once people realize they have the choice it's just a tool and they can make a choice to use it for good man what a blessing it's yeah awesome. and i'm like I always tell people like everyone's like you're so hard to get a contact of or something. I'm like, cause my damn phone don't doesn't fit in my jeans. It's yeah. too big, you know. So I try and leave it like off to the side. Like if I podcast, if I go to the store, I leave it in the car because you're missing out on these real connections, these moments and stuff. Real like, world stuff. You know, it's breaking into the the realness of everything, and I think that's really important. And like you were talking about before about the whole like not really. I mean, I've come at this angle too, is the fact of not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, feeling like if this is what life is, life kind of sucks. Like I had my yeah. car go down, like I said, with the tire incident. And by the fourth time I was like, like I was looking for like a hug or someone to tell me it's going to yeah. be okay. And I'm like sitting there like, I think I'm going to, you know, like I'm like, I'm yeah. overventilating basically. And I remember going uh -huh. to someone close to me and them being like, that's life. Life sucks. And I'm like, that's not the answer I wanted no. at all. And, and it's not true. Life is amazing. And I remember when I first started this podcast was I was going through like after getting out of high school, being bullied and everything, and then just sticking to the gym. I mean, Today, I, I still every day for seven years I've gone. Um, That's now awesome. it's, it's kind of reverted to home with the pandemic and everything, but it's a it was a thing that helped me clear my head and get the stress out. Amen, for and sure. When I heard my like, I remember it was like after being graduated for a couple of years, and I was just just sick. I just isolated everyone. Just didn't want to hang out with anybody. Everybody would. I don't drink, so it's like I'm not going to the bar. I'm not doing any of this. My buddy calls me at two o'clock in the morning, literally when I get home from a workout. Yeah, that early. Um, and he called me and he was like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" I'm like, "I haven't talked to this kid since high school, junior year, eating at lunch for thirty minutes. That's it. There was no other friendship besides that. Just, yeah. hey, man, what you got there? I got pizza." I got cheese sticks. Do you want to switch? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And he calls me. So that it's about five years out. And he goes, Hey man, what are you doing? I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm getting ready for bed. I got to get up to work in a few hours. And he just goes, Oh man. He goes, you know, I think you're a real person. I'm like, what? And I could tell he's been drinking. And I said, yeah. what do you mean, man? He goes, I'm on top of my roof right now. And 
I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I, I just, I, I realized my whole life's been controlled because he was adopted and his parents kind of made all his decisions for him. And he was realizing mm. that none of the things he wanted to do was happening. So we talked for, from like 1am till probably around 3.30am. I mean, to the yeah. point where I could tell he was calmed down now. He just needed someone to talk to. He goes, Somebody, you, yeah. he goes, we haven't even talked for like five years and you picked up the phone. I was like, yeah, I, I honestly didn't know you had my number, but I'm glad we had this chat. And uh, that's what started this podcast. I ended up having him later on um, in an episode talking about it. That's too, awesome. To see the strides he's made now and to see it's what the he's- the best, right? When you see somebody succeeding. And it's cool because like I look at him and like I'm, I look at myself and I'm like, I'm glad somebody's doing it. You know what I mean? Because like, obviously, like, I mean, I got things I want to do and things to do, but I just enjoy seeing somebody else just- light up and start to go after something because i can i can give it's you the advice, greatest but it's so hard to apply it onto yourself man yes that's it dude it's so cool that you say that though like because like that's what i that's how i'm occupying myself during this quarantine i'm just answering the phone to be honest with you i'm just being there for people and there's no better feeling than when you get in like a good conversation and then you literally feel like you could jump out your window because you're so charged. You're like, I, this is, yes. that was awesome. That's how I feel right now. This is awesome. I'm so happy you have my number because I want you to use it whenever you need to recharge or whenever you want to share or bounce an idea. I and I also it, want man. you to encourage you to maybe try stand up comedy or try writing because you have a voice that needs to be heard. And I don't know. I think this podcast is just as because, dude, you're only 22. So, my goodness, I had a, I didn't move. I didn't move to LA until I was 27. Well, yeah. Why did you end up moving down there just for comedy? Like you had, if you talk about your, you know, you're, you're such a family guy and everything. Was that just did that develop through kind of being away from your family for so long, or did you always have? No, I never thought I was going to leave my neighborhood. Is that yeah, what scared you? Hmm. Like, I knew I wanted to leave. I always wanted to see California because, like, when I was growing up in the 80s, everything cool came from California. Like, there was this movie called Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which yeah. is, like, iconic. It made California seem cool. Uh, I remember when gangster rap really blew up. It was coming from L.A. It was coming from Compton. I was fascinated. I was a little skater kid. I, I always wanted to surf. I just loved the beach and beach culture. And I was like, wait, California, it stays summer all year round. Why am I freezing? But so that was definitely a part of my personality. But an even bigger part of my personality was I didn't want to I, like I thought I would get married and move into the same neighborhood as my parents. And I thought my brother, I remember being like a kid and drawing houses. I'm like, mom and dad will live here. I'll live here. And Mark will live here. And Chris will live here. Like, that's what I thought life would be. And then uh, when I was going through my quarter life crisis, I think I was a pioneer with the whole quarter life crisis thing. Um, nothing was working for me. And I had gotten my heart broken a bunch. And I went, well, I don't know what to do. Like everything seemed just so daunting, like unlivable. Like I did corporate America that I hated that. I took my LSATs to maybe go to law school. And then I talked to a couple of lawyers and they were like, oh, it's the worst. Don't do this. 
They were like, if you really want to be a lawyer, wait until you're 30 and figure it out then. And then I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make a living? And I remember thinking, well, the only job I really wanted was to get married and be a dad. And I go, but these women are crazy. They won't respect you if you respect them. At least that was my young man philosophy. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything that hurt somebody's feelings or come off as negative. But like, I was really heartbroken, not just by my own personal ex romantic experiences, but also how I saw society shaping up. And I was like, all right, well, if I'm not going to get married and have kids, at least maybe I could try to become rich and famous. And uh, there was really no comedy in Philly at the time. Stand-up was dead. I really wanted to write movies. Uh, and then I just got my car one day and drove because I, I didn't feel like I could. I thought I, I did everything I could possibly do in my hometown. And I still had this uh, uneasiness. I, I still had this like, you know, I was, I was younger, I was immature. I, I needed to see the world, man. And, and now 20 years later, I'm grateful for the whole journey and I put it all in God's hands as to what my career is going to be. But I'm finally, I have a tremendous amount of peace in my life right now. And that, that's better than a Ferrari, dude. That's better than a mansion. I think it's because where people be like rich and wealthy and all these types of things, you look at it like I've made the best amount of memories. You've met the best amount of people. Just like coolest friends in the world. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people need to start looking at. Like people look at like, oh, these bills are coming. I'm like, but don't you have like amazing moments with your friends? Don't you do out these yeah. things? And you don't need to spend thousands of dollars to have a good time. Just being in somebody's company. Yeah, you're with the wrong person if you have to spend money. That's, um, you see that with isolation, all these people that domestic violence has gone up. Like, yeah. that's because you're not fit with that person. Sometimes people just, uh, they do something where, you know, they, they rush into something because they think that's right. And it's like, yeah. it's, you, this is a great time to realize, like, we need to talk. Let's talk again. Let's do this. Let's not just go to yeah. bed. Let's not just ignore each exactly. other. Let's be in each other's company. Let's spend those nights out on the porch at one o'clock in the morning, sipping a beer. The and... little moments. Yeah. yeah. Dude, speaking of let's talk again, can we do this again? Because I have to go do another podcast right now at noon. Yeah, man. I dude. forgot all about it. My no buddy worries, just dude. texted me. I love you, buddy. No worries, man. I love you, buddy. See, they keep on calling. I'm sorry. I love you, buddy. You have my number. Let's run this back. Let's do this again. I appreciate it. And stay in touch. Steve. For sure, man. Have a good one.